0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Precious God, we thank you. We exalt and give you all the praise, the glory, the adoration. We magnify you because you are glorious. And God, we know that You reigns. We ask, Lord, for wisdom right now, insight, revelation. And we demand, Father God, that you cause my listeners to receive and be impacted by that which is going to come forth. For the transformation that is needed in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so we go to the facing challenges of life. It is part number four. Facing the challenges of life, part number four. I want to reinforce the fact that no matter what whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, there are challenges that you must face. That you are a Christian doesn't exclude you from facing the challenges of life. No, it doesn't exclude you. But the good thing about it is there is an overcoming ability that you always have because you are a Christian. Amen? Are you with me? There is something that you must always overcome. Scripture will tell us I can do all things through Christ that does all that strengthens me. The energy, the power to overcome, challenges of life, they are found in Christ. That's the difference between us and those who don't have Christ. That's the difference between us and those who don't worship the Lord Jesus. We have the ability to overcome no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter what is trying to come against us, we know that we have the ability to overcome. Hallelujah. So one thing that is so precious before us and to us is that we always have hope. And not just having hope, we know that hope we realize. For hope make it not a shame. Are you listening to me? So now go with me to Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19. And he says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. The righteous must be believers. Am I right? Good. They are not wicked people. But many are the afflictions. That's what the Bible says. So you can excuse yourself from afflictions. It will always come. But one thing is certain. God made a provision to deliver you from them all. Not some. So as many as a number of afflictions that are coming to you. You have the guarantee of deliverance. From them through the Lord. Hallelujah. Many are. Not some. Many. You can count it. Are the afflictions of the righteous. And that is not meant for you to get discouraged. Because afflictions are coming. But the certainty of it is. You are going to be able to overcome these afflictions. Because the Lord will give you the ability. To overcome the affliction. It doesn't matter the nature. Or whatever description you want to give to it. Affliction is affliction. Hallelujah. And he called me various shades to different people too. But whatever is situation, whatever nature of affliction you are in, or you are carrying on with, or that come to you, be rest assured there is victory for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord deliver them from them all. So go with me to Psalm 137 verse number 3. Psalm 137 verse number 3. And this is something that happens to the children of Israel. But that's how I was meditating and the thing came into my mind. Because you see, you get out of, help me Lord, you get out of your, what I call comfort zones by reason of the affliction. But then in the midst of the affliction, there will be a demand on you to say what you are not supposed to say. And that's the song. So here we say, for there that carried us away, captive required for us a song. And they that wasted us required for us mind. They want us to laugh. Say, sing, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Hallelujah. To sing a song speak about expressing your life, expressing yourself, expressing the joy that's supposed to be with you. And the Bible has already tell us that God gives us a song in the ninth season. yet hear the people in Babylon, so it was like a mockery. Can you please sing for us one of the songs you used to sing in Babylon? And so you see, now the reply is this: verse four. How shall we sing the long song where well, in a foreign land? That means for them they have to be out of the foreign land because they can sing a long song. But what I want you to see there is this: your situation sometimes tells you to make confessions that you are not supposed to make. Did you get that? Your second son, which is affliction sometimes, tells you to sing a song that you are not supposed to be singing in that situation. Praise the living God. But I need you to understand this. That no circumstance is permitted to make you sing a song that you are not supposed to sing. Amen. You got to sing this song to glorify your God. You got to sing this song to exalt in the name of the Lord. So even if the second sound is pressurizing you to sing a new song, I mean, a different song from the song we are supposed to be singing, you got to be able to know it, that God is available to set you out of that situation. So your confession must not be negative at any point in time. It got to stand through no matter the situation. Hallelujah. So in Babylon, they say, sing one of those songs and smile for us. It's like a mockery. They were just trying to mock them all. Amen? Because we were in captivity. But I'm telling you something. Remember in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Can you put it on the board? in a simpler translation. It was God that caused them to go into captivity. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and, watch and a hope. Why is God telling them this? Because they were in Babylon. They were so demoralized. They were so confused at that point. But God is telling them this. And this wife is to read down the whole scripture. told them, listen. Yeah, I know you're in Babylon. I made it to come into Babylon. But this is what I want you to do. You're going to be here for 70 years before you get out of this place. So within that period, be houses, plant vineyards, give your daughter house, marry right there in Babylon. And I always say that that's a very good place to be. You know what? because God intends his righteous seed to populate the earth hallelujah so that you are on the earth it's not enough for you to get confused not to multiply no 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 you got to bring forth you got to bring forth that's what God said and you are going to bring forth no matter your situation you are going to bring forth hallelujah I almost wanted to call a sister this morning to say we are transferring the seed to somebody else she say it's not your time for you you know, I was praying a few days ago and I saw a sister just carried a young baby and just came in, just delivered. So I called up the sister, are you ready for a child now? And she said, no, we are not prepared yet. That's okay. So at this point I was still talk to her and I said, we are going to transfer that seat to somebody else in this house. Can I hear an email to that? Yeah, that's a new baby is going to come out of this house. So we're transferring from that sister to another sister. We need that baby to be alive. We need that baby to come through. And that's how to receive that baby. Can I hear an amen to that? Glory to God. You know, God has a way of speaking. Alright, so rest assured. God wants us to populate the earth with the righteous seed of his name, the righteous seed of his life. Amen. And so no situation will make you sing in ringative song. That's what I'm trying to say. Because many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivered them from the all, not some, all of them. Let me show you something. The Book of Judges, Chapter Eleven. Judges Eleven, and he said, Verse one. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a (laughs) harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. Now Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they trusted Jephthah and said unto him thou shalt not inherit in a father's house for thou art the son of a strange woman verse 3 says then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Todd, and there were gathered many men to Jephthah and went out with him, amen hallelujah, now you read down this story you find that Gilead finally came back again, I mean to plead with him that he should come and deliver them Now the point I want you to, I'm I'm trying to raise is this. Who was Jephthah? He was a child of a harlot. I mean that description is enough for anybody to get demoralized in life. The bargain was so devastating. I mean when people talk to you to your face, who do you think you are? You are a son of a harlot, and you don't have an inheritance here with us. That was enough to demoralize Jephthah. I can tell you this for free, whether you have parents, whether you have no parents, is not enough for you to fail in life. Your background is no indication for failure. Unless you don't know who you are. Unless you've not been able to discover. Your background have nothing to do with your failure in life. Or to do with your success even. There are so many people that are successful, they have no good backgrounds. Am I correct? Good. And there are so many people that are successful But even in the midst of that I mean Successful parents But when the children comes up They have nothing to show for it So the success of the background Have nothing to do with the life of the people Are you listening to me? Jephthah was a child of a harlot That was a stigma But he would not allow the stigma To weigh him down He got to succeed in life the Bible says was a man of valor. Get out the people that followed him. They men. That people who have no substance. Not in show But these were the people that went to Jephthah. Jephthah was able to manage those people as a captain. Train them. Build them up. Listen to me. The thing that gets you to your height or destination of freedom. Is the grace that's in your life. If you want, you can discover the ability, the skill, the grace, the anointing. If I use the word, that is in your life. You will definitely get to wherever you are supposed to be. Without anybody's army trying to support you. Anybody. Once again, let me say this. Don't you ever complain to me that your life is where it is because your parents were poor. Or because you were born as an orphan. Listen to me. If you are an orphan, you have a greater advantage. You know what? Because God is a father of the fatherless. A husband to the widows. Are you getting what I'm saying? Once your trust is a man, you get to wherever you're supposed to be. I need you to understand this. Praise the living God. So don't even think about, well, my condition, that's why I'm the way I am. No, 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 no. Look at it here. Jephthah had no good background. He got a stigma in the society. Nobody wanted him. Everybody rejected him. Even his own father's house cast him away. But that was not enough for him to be discouraged about life. He saw something bigger than what the people did. And guess what? When he finally came and said, can you really help us? He gave them condition. You want me to come help you? Say yes. I'm going to be your captain. We are ready. Your grace will promote you. Your grace will stand for you. Your grace will speak for you. And may we finally come bind down because of that grace that you carry. He gave them condition. Hallelujah. Are we still here? I'm trying to appeal to your conscience. To let you know that you can't fail because of your background. You can't. It's not there in the world. Praise God somebody. Listen, God is always picking the the good not. The people that are not, what you consider people who have no substance. Those are the people that God normally picks and make them something. All of the people that Jesus picked, they were people that were doing menial jobs. Remember that? Praise the living God. Are you here with me? And then He gives them another name along the line. He told Peter, "I will make you fishers of men." That was not a fisherman. He made him fishers of men. He became such a bold man. He promised him, "You're going to sit on thrones to judge the up of Israel." You can see the elevation that comes to Peter and the rest of the apostles because they get connected unto unto Jesus. Your background is not an issue. No. Don't you ever think that way. If people were to think of background being a problem, I would be standing here before you. Because my background was a low one. the very low one. Very, very low. Parents were educated. were poor farmers. Peace and farming. I don't want to talk about peace and farming. You start your farm this time, you wait till the end of the season, harvest season, before you can get money. So, if it's a question of parents... I wouldn't be in school. I wouldn't have been able to go to school. But I never considered my background. I just have a focus. This is, what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to become. Right from primary school, I knew I was going to be somebody. I keep on thinking about it, talking about it. I taught myself how to become an artist. There was no art teacher. I would go after school, buy colored paints, you know, and then go to the school, pluck leaves of plants like this. And I began to Copy the links, I begin to copy the links in school, primary school, and that is how I became an artist the way it is. Sometimes you can say, Well, it's an inborn prayer, but if I have not put it into practice, I will not be who I'm supposed to be. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? My parents were not aware of what I was doing. In fact, when my we secondary school when we wanted to write our final exam, the principal said, I went to my principal, I looked at the subject in the school and said, No. If I write all these subjects, I'm going to fail from the way it is because then I've already dropped mathematics so I don't have anything else to go with like physics and chemistry since math was not there. I just went to the, to the principal and I said, I want to do finance, I want to do, I mean, um, what is that, bookkeeping, which is management, you know, in a business method, you know. I took four subjects, health science, and I went to him and said, these subjects I want to do, and that was class class four, last time I was supposed to write in exam the next year. I said, this is what I want to do. He said, we have no teacher in the school to teach you all this. I said, but I need to do them. This the things I wanted. And he said, okay, I can't admit you for art, except you get somebody else to join you, so that it can be about two or three people. I went and talked to my classmate, whom I know are not doing too well in the science. I said, come and join me. And then let's begin to do art. Let's offer art. And three of them came. And all of us had our papers when we did fine art. One of them today is a proprietor of, of two schools when he did fine art, just because he instructed all of this, my parents were not involved. So it's not about your background. It's about what you want to become. It's about your intention. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. And because of my performance in my secondary school, then the local government employed me to go and teach secondary schools. Think about that. From secondary school, I became a teacher, teaching my own schoolmate, if you will. I became a lecturer. i mean a teacher now, teaching them. And I did that for one year. Little money, they were paying me. I saved them up. And what's the next thing? I got admission to university to go and read finance. Here I am today. Not background, not anybody. The money was not there to send me to school. I know how I went to school. I never complained to anybody. You don't beg people. You don't, you don't, you know, turn your your head down like an ostrich because you're feeling there's nobody to support you. Until you support yourself, nobody's going to support you. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? Your future is not lying in the hands of anybody. don't blame your parents. Don't blame your relations. Who don't want to take, I mean, cognizance of your life. Don't blame anybody for it. Just take your own destiny in your hands and run with it. Are you listening to me? Jephthah said, no, you can call me with all those stigma names, whatever it is. I know who I am. And I'm going to sound strong in that with God has ordained for my life. I'm not going to be discouraged because you think my mother was a harlot. That is not enough reason for me to fail. I'm going to sound strong. The Bible says it was a man of valor. There is something that was in the life of Jephthah. Quick, he recognized and he walked with it and he profited him. Praise God. Go with me to Daniel chapter 3. That's a long reading, but I'll just give you the story. Read a few chapters, you can go and read the rest of, rest of the places. Daniel 3, verse number 19. Bible says, Then there was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, because he made the image, remember that. And then, the Hebrew children refused to bow down to the image. Let me even say this before I, I come with this. Uh, how many of you know why, <laughs> how many of you know why, Daniel refused to eat the food from the king's table. The king said, you feel them, right? Prepare the food and take care of these people. Daniel said, no, I'm going to take those vegetables. Why do you think Daniel did that? Because Daniel was a culture child. When I use word culture, somebody who believed in his own destiny as per his culture, where he came from. He was in Babylon. And the Bible made us to understand the book of Leviticus and the Deuteronomy. There are some meats, there are some animals, there are some fish that you are not supposed to eat. As a Hebrew person. Remember that. So going by your dietary laws, his mind is, I don't know what kind of meat or fish the king is going to be using to prepare the food for us. So I'm going to maintain my culture where I came from. I'm not going to eat the food. Did you get that? This is why he refused to eat what was prepared by the king. Because he believed in what Yahweh God said in his word. How cultured are you? Because that's what delivers you when you're in Babylon. That's what delivers you when you're out of this place. How cultured are you? But that I mean, what kind of faith do you have in what you are hearing and trusting in what you're hearing? That's what sets you free. That's what delivers you. And God gave him extraordinary lifestyle, if I may use the word within those period, it became the best among the people that the king was taking care of. Did you get that? He simply said, I won't eat because I don't know the kind of animals. Remember the Bible says you don't eat an animal that does not chew the cord. Is that okay? I'll explain that to you here sometime. Right. So he said, I don't know the kind of animal they are going to bring in, so I'm not going to partake of it. And somebody said, but you saw him also opening his window. All the time he wants to pray. Why? He said, When you read the Bible, do you ever ask questions? Yeah, was Daniel praying and opening the windows all the time. Why was he opening his windows? Because his window was facing Jerusalem. And when they were dedicated to the temple, Solomon prayed the prayer. See, anywhere you say Jewish man, as long as they face the temple, as long as they call upon your name based on this building, answer their prayers. That was the reason Daniel was opening his window and facing Jerusalem. So to him, he was praying towards the temple. He was following that simple word that was said on the day of dedication. If anybody should pray here or pray wherever, facing the temple answer his prayers. The culture of Daniel's life is what delivered him right in Babylon. Are you following what I'm talking about? How cultured are you? I see some of you, you come into the world, you are swallowed up. You look out of service, you are swallowed up. You ought not to live that way. Now, you ought not to live that way. Praise the living God of somebody. You know, sometimes you'll be thinking about, well, we're in a new day, we're in a new season. And someone was speaking to me a few days ago. And he was telling me about why we're in another generation of the 21st century. I said, no, you can't be mad because you're in the 21st century. You still have to be normal. Is that okay? You still have to be normal. You can't be mad because in the 21st century. Amen. I forgot the sister's name. Do you know why miniskirt really scattered? Miniskirt started because the person originator was interviewed. And he said she wanted to be popular. And he needed a man. So, the understanding is your skirt is short. You actually say, I need sex. We don't know that. That's the origin of that. And the boys are sad. I told you here some time ago. Do you know why boys wear trousers and then it's falling and they're packing it? Eh? You, you, know, you, know what you know how it happened? It started in the prison yard. They gave them trousers without belts. Because they give you belts, they feel they might use it to strangle yourself. So they give them trousers, you no, know, the uniform is already made. So some of them, their uniforms are too big for their waist. So they begin to slip down. But right then, they turn into something else. If you want a man, you slip your trousers down. That is to say, it's a sign of homosexuality. But it all started from the prison. But the young boys today are carrying on, they don't even know how it started. When you walk that way, you are saying, I'm a homosexual. That's what you're saying. So, don't allow the war swallow you up. Now, you can't allow that. Because they have a what, they have, they have a reason why they do what they do. You copy them without knowing why they do what they do. But there is a spirit of why they do what they do finally gets into your life. You begin to live the life that they were supposed to be living in doing what they did. Because the spirit follows it. Just like the miniscat thing. Why are they doing that? I want sex. That's what follows the miniscat. That originator, the mindset of the person that started it. Now you pick it up because if you're in 21st, 21st century, it doesn't make sense. Because there's a spirit that follows it. Praise the living God. And when you begin to suffer from some of this, you'll be wondering why and how. You should be able to know that you attach yourself to a system that has a spirit. So here I am. Nebuchadnezzar, I mean all these people who made those laws, the three young men. They refuse. They refused. They were in Babylon. They failed not to partake of that which is in Babylon. You are not supposed to be controlled by the war. The war was supposed to control your life. Are you following what I'm talking about? But let's go down. So I'll show you the challenges supply Now, their life, it became a challenge to them now because they want them to bow down. They want them to worship the image. Are you getting what I'm saying now? It becomes a challenge. What's the challenge? This does not go with my faith. Praise the living God buying that to image does not go with my faith the scripture already said it Thou shall cannot buy that to any graven image yes an image and they are saying you got to worship it for them that's not what the world says so they can't do that so that's the challenge of life how many of you are facing challenges based on your faith <laughs> that's what I'm saying are you with me you see we have all dropped our guards when it comes to faith we've dropped our guards we can face challenges as touching Christians, wherever we find ourselves. Praise the living God. God, that demon, that David, David was full of fury. Now let's just read that. And the form of his visit was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the fire or the furnace one seven times more than it was to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind sure of the they go, and to cast them into the burning furnace of fire. These then were men bound in their coats, the horsemen and their hearts, and the other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fury furnace. Therefore because the king's of my men was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire Slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hallelujah. Are you sitting there with me? It just like Hamam. Hammam, doggy Pete. Remember that? The gallows. And what happened? He ended up in the gallows. This man commanded take these three men, hit the furnace seven times more, throw them in because they refuse the to bow down. And what's the next thing? They, who were to throw these people in, they got consumed. The people landed there. The chains were still there. Everything, but by the time they landed there, the fire had pulled off the chain. They become free men. You read the story down. And Nebuchadnezzar got up and said, Come on, what is going on? I asked you to count three men there, but I'm seeing four men. Everybody say four men. Uh And who is the last man? Jesus Christ. So in the midst of all your trials and affliction, Jesus is with you. Hallelujah. Look at this. And these three men should have mentioned albely fell down bound into the midst of the burning furnace. Then the booked of the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, Through, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I am seen for me loose. Praise God. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no heart. And the form of the thought is like who? The son of God. He said he will not forsake you. You have to agree with him. Once you keep his word. Once you keep his principles. Once you stay with his mind. Once you maintain your culture as a believer. He said I will not forsake you. Not leave you. In the midst of the fire he appeared. All the things they use in tying their hands and their feet got loose. Now why am I saying this? They face a challenge of what? Their faith. That means if you stand for your faith, no matter what happens, the Lord is going to stand with you and you are going to be set free. Praise the living God. Your enemies will have their eyes open to see the fourth man that will tell you that no matter the situation, wherever you find yourself, there is somebody who is always with you, and that is Jesus Christ. The enemy recognized that Jesus took these people and finally said, Go get them out from the burning furnace. They came out on hot, not even any of their hair was singed, they were perfect, just like they went in. Praise the living God! I am saying, You are going to come out of your affliction. They cast them down, but they came out fresh and clean. The Lord will not only preserve you, but will make it in such a way that even your captors will come and deliver you by themselves. It was the people that went and brought them. The king came and said, hey, come forth, come out of that place. Why? Because he's seen a fourth man standing with these people. But what led to that deliverance? What led to that victory? They stood for their faith. They stood for their conviction. They believe in their culture. They will not mix it up. When you don't mix up the culture of the faith with the culture of the world, the Lord Jesus will stand by you. He said if you deny him, he will not deny himself. The only way for you not to deny him is to trust him, is to stay by the faith of that which is teaching you. And I promise you, wherever you find yourself, the Lord is going to stand by you. Praise the living God. Are you still following me? I want you together because it's very important. The need for you to keep on our culture, the need to stand that your faith can be challenged at any time. In fact, it is always, always there for your faith to be challenged as a believer. You must have your faith challenged. No two ways about that. But your faith will set you free. Your faith will guide you the victory. Praise the living God. First Corinthians 10, verse number 13. How like this. 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 13. There are no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Praise the living God. No situation you are passing through. It's a common thing. Everybody, somewhere in the world, is going through the same thing. No temptation. No temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everyone say God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to do what to bear it no temptation whether financial challenges is a common thing, marital challenges is a common thing by implication going by this scripture you have no room to complain of anything because somebody somewhere is passing through the same thing that you are passing through does anybody follow what I am saying no temptation that's taken by such that is common to man. As long as a human being, there are things that you must pass through, there are things you must experience. In the midst of all of that, God will not forsake you. And not just that, your faith will stand strong so that by the time you overcome, you'll be able to cancel other people who come into that situation. Are you following me? That's one of the very great benefits of temptation and trials. By the time you are overcome. When other people are going to pass through it, you'll be the one that will give them succor. You'll be the one that will give them faith. You'll be the one that will begin to minister to them. No temptation that is taking by soul that is come unto man. Hallelujah. Are you following me? So, so, so don't, don't magnify your problem. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't magnify your problem. Don't let everybody be the one that will be your counselor. Somebody else having the same problem somewhere. That's what I want you to see. Don't magnify your problem. Don't escalate your problem. Don't don't publicize your problem. Put it on TV. Put it whatever. Don't you do that? It makes no sense because the same thing you're passing through somebody is somewhere in the world is passing through it. All you need to do is to go back to God, who has promised I'll we'll be able to give you the benefit and the strength to be able to bear that situation for you to come out of it. The guarantee is that you are coming out of it. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Are we see here? And so David will pray along this line and said Psalm 143, verse number 11. Because of that, trials and temptations. I mean, Saul was after him. The son wanted to take him out. I mean, a lot of things were around David. Yet God anointed him. And now he find that he was almost sinking. But he prayed this prayer. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. He has seen that he was losing faith, was losing everything, was going away. But think about that. Just because he kicked Goliath, that was a problem. Just because the oil come upon your head, that becomes a problem. And you might understand that. When the oil touches your head, be ready for issues. Everyone that is called for specific assignment, how challenges that he must face, is got to be there. Praise the living God, somebody. So David said, oh God, help me out right now, for your name's sake, because I'm thinking, I'm almost gone, for your name's sake, for the righteousness sake, bring me, bring my soul out of here, Out of this trouble. Just help me out. And that's all you need to do. Go back to the Father. Talk to him in your closet. If you want to meet your minister to pray with you, fine. Pray with you as a prayer of agreement. You just know it for sure. That you are coming out of that situation. No matter the situation, you are coming out. Praise the living God, somebody. Okay. We read this yesterday. I mean, on Sunday, as you wanted us to touch the part B of it. Which is Ezekiel 37 and then from verse 13 for me. Ezekiel 37 verse 13. We read the B part. I mean, the A part last week. Okay, just go to 12 again and come back. Let's just read it. 12... And he said, Therefore I prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. Can I hear an amen? amen. And cause you to come up out of the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Go to verse 13. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, oh my people, and brought you up out of where? Of your graves. You shall know. Hallelujah. The Lord shall fill your mouth with laughter. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord shall fill your mouth with laughter. Yeah. You shall know. That the Lord has brought you out of where? Out of your grave. You will know. And that is where you are going to be testifying. And I see some of you testifying. Because you are coming out of your graves. Hallelujah brother was sharing with me two days ago He said this year has been tremendous for me it's only God I can't explain how I've achieved what I've achieved this year this is God praise the loving God and that is the way it's going to be with every one of you your story is changing I say your story is changing you shall know that God has brought you where? out of your grave it's not going to be somebody that will say that to you. But you will know it. And your testimony shall stand. Amen. Praise the living God. So what do we do? we'll, we'll get ourselves into the problem. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, first of all, let's read Psalm 11. Sorry. Psalm 6, 116 verse 9. Then we'll go to Second Corinthians. Then we'll close from there. Psalm 116 verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Keep it there. I'll come back. I will walk before the Lord. Where? In the land of the living. Now go to the next verse. verse 10. I believe. Therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Hallelujah. Are you following what he's talking about there? The verse 9 is saying I am going to leave, And I am saying I'm going to leave Because I believe it Even though I am greatly what? Afflicted That means the affliction will not stop My confession Hallelujah Did you see that? The affliction will not stop my confession. I am going to live in the Lamb of the living. Affliction is not going to drown me. Affliction is not going to kill me. Hallelujah. I believe. Now go to what Paul said about this. When Paul was quoting from this passage. Look at what he said. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 11. Man, your confession must be right. We said that in the beginning. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4:11. For we which live are already delivered unto death, for Jesus' sake, that life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. What's the next thing? So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. What's the next thing? We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. Where is it written? Psalm 116. Did you get that? I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore what? We speak. Did you get this? And that word is a word of faith. That is to say, man must believe in his heart, and confess with his mouth what he believes in his heart. So no matter your situation, don't agree that you are dying. No matter your situation, don't agree that you are sinking. Even if body is telling you you are sick right now, don't agree with that. Even though I'm afflicted, I am saying this in the land of the living, I shall live. Don't agree with sickness in your body. Don't agree with poverty in your family. Hallelujah. For you shall live. I say, you shall live. For you are coming out of your graves. And that's a word of faith that we confess. You know, Samuel went further and said, I will declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that's a word of faith. And Paul said, we have also a lot of affliction, but we have one word of faith that we speak. We shall live. And every one of you shall live. There is no affliction that will sink you. There is no affliction that will drain you. There is nothing you lost that will be the end of your life. You shall live. That is your confession of faith. In facing the challenges of life, you need one thing. And that is the confession of faith. Keep on telling the situation. No matter what you are trying to do to me, I am going to live. In the land of the living, I will declare the goodness of the Lord. That means I have a testimony. Even before you know it, situation, I have a testimony. The father you come to attack me. Shows that I have a testimony. Because I'm going to overcome. And I'm going to testify. In the land of the living. The goodness of the Lord. I'm going to make a confession. I believe it. therefore I'm speaking it. I haven't seen it. But I'm saying it. And he's saying it. I'm going to see it. Hallelujah. I haven't seen the victory. But I believe it. And because I believe it. I confess it. So what next thing going happen. I got the victory. You got to confess it. Before you see it. Praise God somebody. A blessed prophet of God. That I love so much. My partner. Prophet Kobus. Made a statement. He said before sight. There has to be sound. Before sight. There has to be sound. You know what that means? In Genesis 1. God said. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good so there was first sound before sight it is what you speak that you will see are you following what I'm talking about when sound goes out sight will behold what that sound creates that means you create by what you say and your eyes see what you create by what you say are you following me So no situation is sinking you. Anyone that has come around you, you have a word for that situation. I am overcoming this situation. I'm going to overcome this situation. I got the victory already. Keep on speaking to that situation. Manifest your faith. See, create what you want. And when you see it, it is of a truth. This is what I spoke. So what you say is what you are going to see. If you say you are dying now, you are going to die. And then you say, I said it before. Then if you say, I'm going to be a rich man, you are going to be a rich man. If you say, I have wisdom, you are going to have wisdom. If situations are failing you, make up your mind to call for the glory you need, the attribute you need, the power you need into that situation and then you be an overcomer. If your soul is going down, Lord quicken down my spirit. I'm not going to sink over this sin. I rely on Christ, in the land of the living, I'm going to declare the goodness of God. I refuse to admit and to submit to praise you and to fail you. Keep on making your confession. That's the word of faith. As you go on along that line, victory begin to come to you. As you talk to your body, life begin to come to you. This body, no, no, no. You remember what Job said? Even if one eat up this flag, yet with this body shall I see God. He saw God in a glorified nation. Even the same thing with you. No matter what is going on, keep on speaking to your body. Are you sick right now? Talk to your body. I know life is in this body. It. I know this sickness is going away. I know this disappointment is going away. I know my kidneys are working again. I know every cell within my system is working again. I know life has been impacted into me. For Jesus said, You will live and to have life, I have it more abundantly. I know my my womb is fruitful. I know I cannot bring forth for trouble. I know in this body shall I glorify God. I know with this womb shall I be a seed that will bring honor and glory to. To the most high God. Keep on confessing what you believe. And know the Bible says in Exodus 23, they shall not cast your young, neither before for trouble. Yes, I will not cast my young. My pregnancy will stay. It will not come down. That is the word of God. Keep on confessing. No matter the challenge you are facing in your life. No matter how many times it has come. Beg, don't forget this word. The Bible says the righteous man will fall seven times, but he shall rise again. There is life. There is resurrection. If you cut off a tree, this stone will bring forth again. Hallelujah. Stand up, somebody. I need you to right this moment, begin to make some confession, begin to make some declaration unto your God, unto your God. Confess with your mouth that which you want, that you are looking for, that you feel must come to you. Begin to talk to your father about it. Stand up and talk to the Father. Open your mouth and pray. I need you to 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 pray, I need you to pray We are talking about the world of faith Which we confess Yes, no matter the affliction And David said no I know how much affliction I have received But I am going to live through I am going to go through it Hallelujah I will walk before the Lord In the land of the living I believe, therefore I spoke I am greatly afflicted Yeah, in the midst of the affliction, I'm going to walk through in the land of the living. What is it that is your affliction? Begin to confess. Begin to declare. Begin to receive what you are declaring. For well, first of all, they have to be sound. Then there can be sight. Sound and sight. Let there be light was oh, the sound. God saw the light in our sight. You are also operating on the same frequency right now. Because we believe, therefore we speak. What are you speaking concerning your situation? Talk to God right now. Talk to God right now.